This is Magic City Soccer. Es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. Let's go, Miami FC. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Vamos, Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer. Este es el fútbol de la ciudad mágica de Miami. This is Magic City Soccer. This is Magic City Soccer, your home for everything you need to know about soccer in Miami-Dade County. Hello, soccer fans in South Florida and beyond, and welcome to our show. We are quite happy to have you. We are kicking off February 2020. We are uh, just a few weeks away from a football fiesta. Uh, two professional clubs kicking off here in South Florida, Inter-Miami, the Miami FC. We'll be talking about both tonight and with us tonight. Uh, Lee fans first. Lee, how you doing, buddy? Very well, mate. Good to be here. Good to be back in the podcast seats. Good times, good times. Drew Hausman also with us. Drew, what's going on? I'm excited. I've got my black marker and I'm already crossing out every single weekend for the next four months. Oh, boy. Ha. Yes, get, clear your calendars because it is coming. You can feel it in the air. You can feel the rumble of soccer approaching. Of course, the big story, though, UPSL. You can feel that rumble approaching because UPSL is just days away. Obviously, our the, the foremost UPL expert, I, I think, anywhere. I'd put him up against anyone, but especially in this podcast, is Lee Fence. So, Lee, we've got a, a national final coming to South Florida this weekend. T- tell the folks a little bit about that. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Obviously, you know, the UPSL has been quietly doing its thing. Um, and, you know, they do have the spring and the fall seasons. And so this will be... The, the finals of the fall um, 2019 season, essentially, at Barry University in Miami, Florida. It's a good lineup of teams, guys. We have got uh, the Santa Ana Winds and Foro Soccer Club from Dallas, Texas. I don't know why I slipped into some sort of like different accent for Texas, but there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's the first. That's the first semi-final. And I was talking to Drew earlier on today. Um, I think that could be a cracking game. Um, the wins have been around the UPSL for a while. They've been in the finals. They've been a runner-up. And Foro are the highest scorers left in the competition um, in terms of team goals. So that's the first semi-final. Um, 3.30 p.m. Um, Eastern time on Saturday. And then after that, I mean, the, the, the match with them between Soda City, who were out of Col- Columbia, South Carolina... You, you're, 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 the, you're, the, you're the southern gentleman, it's the other man. Columbia. is that right? Yeah, it's, oh, is it? It, it, it's, it's spelled spelling. Columbia, but it's pronounced Columbia. Okay, okay. So, so does City FC, which of course like a great name. Um, and they're playing the, the Maryland Bobcats. I think that is going to, that's a tougher game to call. You know, I think both, both teams' first appearance in the final. Um, and, I, and I think that that is going to be a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a battle at Barry. Um, and then the championship game, um, lunchtime, 12 p.m. Eastern time on, on the Sunday. So not a, uh, not a lot of rest for the players that make the final. There's no third place game or anything like that. But, you know, every time I've watched the high levels of the UPSL, you know, I've, I've always enjoyed the game. And, uh, yeah, man, if, if you're in Miami and, uh, you know, you've got nothing to do or you want to check out some soccer at the weekend, and, of course, it'll be on my Kuju as well, it's... Uh, there's, there's, there's plenty, uh, there's plenty there to take in and get stuck into. It should be, uh, should be, uh, should be a good competition. Again, I think it's the perfect uh, 
you know, we have this. It's funny. Most of the world has this down. Well, most of the American soccer world has this down period of two months. But down mm-hmm. here, because of our weather, this is still a pretty, uh, literally and figuratively, hot season for soccer. And it makes total sense for UPSL to bring uh, this level of competition down here in terms of the facilities we have. Barry, such a wonderful pitch, a great facility for lower level soccer. Um, yeah, it's great. It's going to be a good time if you can make it out there uh, to old uh, Buccaneer Field. Uh, at, yes. at Barry University. Um, I, I've, got to, I've got to say, on, on the jerseys, I'm going for um, Foro Soccer Club. They've got this kind of like nice sort of like faded jersey with like a navy and an orange on it. A little bit like that Miami FC jersey with the hoops, the tiger stripes. A little like a, on jerseys, Foro SC are ahead of everyone else. Um, but of course, it's not about the jerseys, it's about the play on the field. Yeah, it should be a good one. Come on out. That was, uh, you know, it's, it's Barry. It's a great place to watch the game. Hashtag back at the Barry. Yes, I I have made my uh, preferences known. If there is a Maryland team involved and a Miami team not involved, I always favor the Maryland team. We'll be talking a little more, a little bit more about Maryland. A little bit. Maryland, Maryland have the have the best crest out of the four teams. It's quite lovely because it's proper, like you know, twenty twenty crest, like big, growling bobcat in 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 the middle of it. Not a soccer ball to be seen. Love it. Yeah, solid stuff. So, UPSL final uh, finals, I should say, semifinals and the final this weekend. Check it out. So, uh, moving from competition to club, uh, two two clubs obviously still in the spotlight here. This uh, professional club off season in the United States, Inter Miami and, and Miami FC. Now, we have a treat for you because we are actually uh, able to bring you an interview. With a member of Inter Miami, uh, AJ De La Garza, uh, uh, MLS Cup winner, uh, Community Shield winner, U.S. Open Cup winner, uh, he will be with Humanitarian us. Humanitarian of the year. Yeah, he, <laughs> yes. No, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah, so uh, we we actually got a, about 15, 20 minutes with him earlier tonight uh, to ask him some questions uh, about a variety of things, including how training is going, including the the uh, expansion experience and all that comes with. Uh, it's a really interesting talk, so stick around for that. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about Inter Miami. Uh, their their training is opened. Uh, I, I referred to it as practice and got a lecture from Lee. Um, yeah. <laughs> training is open. Right. Uh, preseason training has started. Uh, we are now. I really. It's it's hard to believe. Midway through the third week of training, I was out there uh, on Martin Luther King Day uh, for the opening of training. Got to hear from uh, Sporting Director Paul McDonough about his you know direction of the club and. What he wants to see from them this year. His goal, he stated very clearly, was to win the league. He was pressed on it again, and he said it again, win the league. So obviously high <laughs> aspirations for Inter-Miami uh, CF as they get rolling. Um, now that this team is actually on a field and they're playing, and again, we, we I always come back to tangibility, this thing being tangible. Like you can see a team and they're kicking something and they're – practicing things and they've got training tops on and there are sprinklers going off and things that you associate with like practice actually happening and this is really getting real it's it's gonna be real now that that they are in practice and they went to port st Lucie and bradenton and and we're a little bit more a month a little bit more than one month away from the kickoff gentlemen where do you see this club right now what do you see as their most pressing matters that they need to handle before the start of business in march 
And, and yeah, what, what do you see is what they've accomplished that's good, and what do they still have to get across the line? Uh, no, I, I feel like they've made some great signings. Uh, I still feel like they're you know they're still signing players by the day, and I still feel like uh, by the beginning of the season we're still going to see a couple more people enter the roster. So uh, I'd say what you're uh, implying or trying to figure out is they have to really come up with a solid starting squad and who's going to be on the 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 main team and who's going to be in the uh, USL League Two team. I don't think they've really said much about that. I could be wrong, but uh, I still feel like it's a very open. Uh, it seems like a great squad mixed between veterans and newcomers to the MLS, which will be interesting. Uh, but everything seems to be on the right course. Uh, they definitely went the Atlanta route instead of the Orlando, where you, you know I think it may be better off for them. People in Miami may have been complaining, you know, we didn't get the the Kaka-esque player, but we all saw how that turned out for the uh, Lions in purple. Uh, not so good, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like they're they're on the right path. I'm I'm still kind of like, eh, is this really happening? That's just my own opinion. I, I mean, I know it will, but I want to see like a really solid uh, preseason game that I could stream. Or I feel like once I finally see the team play, I'll be like, oh shit, this is for real. I, I think Drew makes a lot of good points there. Um, and I, I think he's entirely right that it may be a real blessing in disguise that really this megastar DP hasn't, you know, um, materialized. And it, they've, they've gone for the squad. And, you know, I don't want to give too much away about, you know, the, the AJ Delegada interview coming up. But you want people who are going to buy into the project. You want people who are going to believe in... Um, you know, what the owners are trying to do. Um, and if they've got that, you know, of course, being like a Miami FC fan, when we first started, there was maybe a player or two there um, who was coming to pick up a paycheck and we didn't, didn't really sort of buy into what they're doing. So if they've cracked that, if they've got 26 guys on the roster who really are pulling in the same direction, um, then that makes Diego Alonso's job a lot easier. Um, but then it comes, it comes down to the coach. It's. It, I think it must be so hard. I've played enough football manager, championship manager, to know that when you plot down to that seat with like a bunch of guys that you know you're just given and you have to start, he's got the most difficult job out of everyone because he, he's, he's got to sort that squad out and get that squad in shape, get that squad prepared and get that squad winning straight away. Um, I, th I think that he's got the right tools at his disposable. At, the, at his dispose, what's disposal. Right at his disposal. Yeah. <laughs> got tongue tied. Yeah. He's got he's got the right tools at, tools at his disposal. He's got a good squad. He's got a, he's got a squad that is that can go toe to toe with teams in the MLS. It's about um it's about if he can get them firing. It's all down to the coach now. It must be a nice position to be in. Half of you is shitting yourself, and the other half of you probably can't just wait to get started. Because if you get it right, it's going to be fantastic for him. Yeah, I think this is, again, one of those things that even with, you know, this, there is this $64,000 question about a designated player that always is the shadow over this team. And it's a shadow of their own making. It's a shadow that is prompted by uh, what Jorge Massa said and what David Beckham has said about, and Mar what Marcelo Clare has said about the caliber of player they intend to bring in where everyone is waiting for this other shoe to drop and everyone is waiting for this name to fall. And maybe it doesn't. And in fact, Paul McDonough was very clear at training um, 
uh, earlier uh, last month where, where he said he did not anticipate bringing in a summer signing once the summer window opens because of the the nature of the competitive schedule this offseason, that it would be very difficult to get anyone in and make it functionally work and really have it matter. Uh, now, of course, I would imagine that if a good player falls into his lap and it's the summer, that he will pounce all over it. But I, I really don't think that's what they're shooting for. I don't think that's what they're going for here. I think they are going for, to as, as what Drew alluded to, the Atlanta model of we're going to make what we think are good players. And we're going to have an eye on the market in terms of uh, value, uh, in terms of our players going elsewhere potentially. We're going to build up somewhere where instead of us bringing stars in, we're going to be shipping stars out. Um, at least that's what's in Paul McDonough's mind. And ultimately it's, it's his job to kind of manage the day-to-day player acquisition. So that to me is going to be really interesting. But yeah, again, seeing these players get on the field and and, and, and you'll hear a little bit later about what that experience is like on this, on this pitch for these players trying to settle themselves in, trying to pick up what the manager is laying down and what direction he wants to take the club. All of that's going to be fascinating, man. All that's going to be really interesting to see develop over the coming days. And in terms of trying to fit these pieces together, uh, there, there have been a couple of names uh, brought in. Uh, Lewis Morgan was a name that was kind of bandied about the last few weeks, really dating back to early to mid-January. Um, Lewis Morgan uh, from Celtic Football Club. Um, oh, not Alex Morgan. Yeah, not Alex Morgan. Lewis Morgan. It's okay. a pretty common name, Drew. Oh. Come on. <laughs> um, experienced the Scottish national team, experienced through uh, you know youth academies in Europe, um, experienced in Champions League in a qualifying match. Uh, y- y- yeah, Matt, Matt, I've got to jump in there. Like, I, I, I think he's a cracking pickup, and I, I don't think they pay very much money for him either. I think that, you know... It, it, the the numbers I've seen, you know, was maybe what, is it here four hundred thousand pounds? Um, you know, you're talking about half a million dollars. I mean, he's got the potential, you know, and, and I've seen him play in, in in spots here and there and in the Europa League. Um, who was that guy up at New York City FC? Was it Jack Harrison? Yeah, yeah, who plays for Leeds. Uh, yeah, I think I see that in the same sort of mold because didn't he come over on loan or come over from I'm desperately Wikipedia-ing Yeah, I think he came from Leeds on loan to New York City FC and then Leeds took him back or they sold him back to Leeds yeah, or something. But he definitely was at NYCFC think... for like two years and then now he's uh, playing against Arsenal in the FA Cup. I, 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 I think that, yeah, that might be a bit out of sequence. But definitely he was, he was on the books of... Liverpool and Man U as a kid, mm. and then came over to the US. But anyway, I, I digress a little bit. But he's in that sort of similar vein, because I, I'm sure that when when Jack Harrison came over here, you know, you probably thought, you know, this is a second chance. I've got to get stuck into this. And I think it's going to be the same for Lewis Morgan. I think that he could be a real surprise package. I really do. I think that, that a lot of people are talking about a lot of other names, and he's got to think, I, I this is this is a this is my chance to really like give my career a second wind. I think it's a great move. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think another good move for the club was one that really kind of dropped out of the sky on the same day that the Lewis Morgan Mm. announcement was made. And that's the acquisition of Will Trapp. And um, now Will Trapp is one of these players that kind of lives a double life because there's U.S. men's national team Will Trapp 
and there's Major League Soccer Will Trapp. And Will Trapp sometimes catches a little stick for his performance with the national team. But I tell you what, with Columbus Crew the last few years, he's been very solid, and you didn't really anticipate Inter-Miami making a move for... I don't think you anticipated Inter-Miami making that kind of move for an MLS player, a really a like-for-like acquisition. Uh, you know, either they, a lot of their strategy, minus the expansion draft, had been young players from abroad and young players from America as well as experienced players from elsewhere. Trap kind of falls in this middle period, and this is a, a captain's experience, another player with a, a, lots of MLS experience, and experience as a key leader on a club. And and you didn't really expect Will Trap to go anywhere being from Ohio. Um, and now that he's in Miami, how do you think that potentially affects you know the leadership dynamic for Inter-Miami? I mean, he's in the key. Oh, go ahead, Lee. Go on, Matt. Go Oh, okay. He's in a key position. He plays in a key position, Matt, because he's 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 a central midfielder and he's a defensive midfielder. Um, and you talk about leadership, and that's that's a position where you really want one of your best players. Again, looking at it with my Miami FC hat on, when we was in the NASL, how good Richie Ryan and how important Richie Ryan was for us. Without storming forward, without scoring a ton of goals, but with taking control of a game some of those intangibles that maybe like you know not every soccer fan can appreciate i don't know a lot about will trap but if he's you know if he's got international caps and he's playing in that defensive midfield and he's got you know captain like written all over him as well then um then yeah that that's you know it's an even better piece of business than morgan but he could be he could turn into that key player yeah he could i'll just come after it with a different perspective where uh if you're playing your first two years in Fort Lauderdale and you have a, a guy who is a U.S. men's national team member uh, I think he's kind of been in and out of the squad or you know uh, America hasn't been doing too good in the recent years but it, that's I feel like it's a good move to get kind of Fort Lauderdale more interested in the team and from a business aspect it was a great decision because I feel like that's how you'll tie a lot more of the Fort Lauderdale people in where you could say hey like People in Fort Lauderdale, you know who Will Trap is. Come on, AO uh, Chapter Fifty or whoever they are. <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it seems like a good decision on that aspect to to kind of like tie in the Fort Lauderdale people a little more. Or you have a U.S. Men's National Team member where you could be like, "Hey, come watch us because we have X star." I mean, we've seen that fail in the past uh, in lower divisions, but I feel like with MLS, it it's a little more. Uh, uh, it'll be a little more better for a business aspect. But also a great player. I, I, I don't deny like that he was a great signing. And yeah, I feel like he went under the radar a little bit, but definitely a good pickup. So the the squad is really coming into focus. They're, you know, it's no longer just five or six youth players uh, from from around South Florida. There is actually a team that's, that's ready to be built and, and ready to compete. And, and that'll be interesting. So... That's the uh, the on the field stuff, which is interesting. But of course, with Inter Miami, there is the on the field product, which I, I shouldn't say. Of course, there's the on the field product because we were been waiting for nearly a damn decade for it. But there is the on the field product, <laughs> and of course, the off the field oh, what, what time drama. Did you say that? I'm gonna clip that well, out. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> the and off the field here, we have two big things that we had been waiting for for a while. Uh, that are either happening, uh, have happened, or are just about to happen. Let's start with what happened. 
Uh, and that's the final name of the USL League One side that will call Lockhart Stadium its home permanently. And that's the key. That's the team that is intending to be playing it for uh, at Lockhart Stadium permanently. <laughs> now, I, I, can we even call Lockhart anymore? I don't think that's the name. Yeah, that's true. I believe it's Fort Lauderdale Stadium. <laughs> I, I was like, that's, come the, on, that's the name we're going for. But yeah, I it's 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 we're gonna make one of those. Uh, it's still Joe Robbie to me shirts. It's it's still Lockhart <laughs> to me. Um, Fort Lauderdale, shirt. Fort Lauderdale Club de Football. Um, obviously, Fort Lauderdale branding was something that the club had promised to the city of Fort Lauderdale as part of the terms of reconstructing Lockhart. Um, the the crane uh, imagery is included, but only a single crane. Uh, so no double crane making an M, just a single crane. Uh, simple branding in line with the parent club, but something that's distinct. Obviously, this doesn't matter all that much, and what's going to matter more is who's brought in to manage the team. Don't know that yet. Who's going to play for this team? Don't know that yet. But there, there is finally another one of these boxes that are checked. Uh, gentlemen, any, any sort of reactions to, to the decision by the club to go in this direction? I kind of like that they just didn't call it a B team. Like, I feel like that's all, all the American uh, lower league fans beef with uh, USL League ugh, 1 now. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, you know, it wasn't too creative, but at the same time, you're kind of in a weird position. You don't want to take the striker's branding name over. There's all this other stuff. Uh, I like that they made it a separate logo. Uh, originality points, I'll give you a couple. Uh out of 10, uh, I give it a 8 out of 10 that I might buy one of their hats. <laughs> Lee, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, I, I think that it's, you know, it's a, it's a B team. I mean, it shouldn't even really be in that deficient, let's be honest. Um, I, I, I think there's not a lot to get excited about with the branding. It's, it's not distinct enough. Um, you know, it's just, it's literally called for, you know, no, I just, I think that there was an opportunity there to, you know, to say, you know, we, we want this to be our legacy. We leave behind in Fort Lauderdale to be a part of this organization, but a little bit different to have that little bit of a different identity. And it's just a straight up B team. It's just a, you know, it's called Fort Lauderdale CF instead of Inter Miami B. I, I can't see that many people getting excited about it. And, you know, it will serve its purpose to, you know, give reserves a workout and maybe try players out and but let's be honest I mean it's if you've got the opportunity in that stadium to watch that USL League One team or the MLS team which one are you going to watch yeah and I think that ultimately there is this weird kind of two masters that need to be served with all this right that this stadium ostensibly was originally intended to be the home of USL side, uh, you know, trainings and friendlies. Uh, and it has been kind of re like Apollo 13 and the Lem, it has been repurposed into this home stadium for two years or more. And so it really does kind of take any win that might have been in the sales of the USL side kind of gets sucked out. I think ultimately, if and when, and I'll include both those words, if and when, Inner Miami, get out of this stadium, the MLS side, and get into Miami Freedom Park or Overtown or wherever else it might be. There then might be an opportunity for growth. And that, even more than Inner Miami MLS, Inner Miami, uh, I'm, I'm Fort Lauderdale Club de Football, 
their success will be measured by are they competitive and do they win things, I think, ultimately. Because it can be a reserve side, but if it's a reserve side with good young players, and, and actually what's funny is it's going to be this kind of middle point. If the academy is strong, I think the USL side has room for success. Not It's not going to draw 18,000. That's never going to happen. But if the academy side is strong and it is pumping out South Florida players who are of quality, who are going to wind up playing for this team at one point or another, and you can go see the stars of tomorrow today, and it's in Fort Lauderdale, a few miles away from Weston, where a lot of these kids may be getting pulled from, uh, you know, or, or kind of funneled through that system. Um, yeah, I think that could draw some people. I think that would be interesting because if there's one thing that we have seen in terms of South Florida sports, people love when it's through and through South Florida. The more South Florida you can get something, the more likely they're willing to put up with a little bit of nonsense with it. And and that goes for UM football. Uh, and, you know, that, that, that goes for the Dolphins. And that goes from top to bottom. You know, high school football is a big deal down here. Why? Because it is thoroughly South Florida. And, and, and that's not about, you know, like big names. And that's not about a big performance. It's about local. And if they are able to really go hyper-local with that team, it could work. It, it could be successful. But I, I agree with you very much, Lee. It is a up, uphill climb. And the branding, it, 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 could, it could be a benefit, but I, I don't think it's going to win over a lot of converts at first. No, it's like, even if you look at the website, it's right next to Ford Madison. It just looks like Ford Madison's ugly sister. And you say, Matt, that some people will go, and of course some people will go, but there's a stadium for 18,000 people there. And yeah. I mean, like you say, in terms of like giving young local players a chance, it's laudable, but I sort of question if it's, it looks something that might be very easy to fold a few years down the line. Sorry to have my cynics hat on. Well, I we'll have to let it. Uh, we'll we'll have to see. I guess uh, that it'll, yep. it'll be interesting to see. I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. <laughs> I might be wrong about that one. Maybe it'll be more successful than the Miami team. Maybe that's the one that will disappear. Wow, wouldn't that be funny? Um, so uh, the la- the last big part of news for Inter Miami is the thing that I think fans have talked about more than anything else over this last five years and it is a jersey release and i'm not going to dwell on it because it is a it's a it's a it is what it is tomorrow the club actually just tweeted out information we've retweeted it on magic city soccer at magic city soccer uh tomorrow at 8 30 p.m uh mls as part of its forward 25 campaign it's 25th season of major league soccer is revealing all the leagues away jerseys now there have been a number of leaks online as to what to expect um, and what to expect is pretty straightforward. If you're familiar with MLS jersey design, it is it <laughs> is what it is. If you're familiar with Adidas, yes. If you've seen one, <laughs> you've seen them all. You've you've seen them all. <laughs> um, now again, the color palette is is different with the inclusion of pink, but um, yeah. So you know you can kind of probably start drawing your own uh, you know predictions. White stripes on the shoulders, black shirt club crest so be ready for that tomorrow at 8 30 but again it is another one of these checks that we need to hit another one of these points we need to cross so um a- any jersey talk gentlemen i don't think they're terrible like i'm i'm not a fan of them just me personally because i'm also a jersey snob and so i super like the obscure like fourth division uh that's why i liked where miami fc went to the mpsl and 
not necessarily Miami FC, but we kind of got to see these other like kind of hipster teams come up with their own stuff. Um, you know, MLS is MLS. I kind of like the the three stripe on the shoulder, but they just uh, from what we've seen that were the supposed leaks, they seem pretty basic. But you know, if you you go around Miami and you see eight hundred people rocking the pink jersey, it becomes a thing. So. It's whether or not the the you know casual the the casual fan embraces the jersey or not. So uh, we'll we'll see how Miami reacts to it. I I think the pink jersey is fantastic. Just I I don't mind a simple jersey, and I really truly hope you know just as you know a casual observer that that is the that is the home kit. I th- I think he looks great. I don't think teams should play in black because I'm a traditionalist. I think the black one is horrendous. It's a real, it's a real like uh, yin and yang sort of Jekyll and Hyde thing. I think the pink one is 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 dope. If I was into that, I'd totally wear that jersey. I love a simple jersey, but yeah, that black one with the off the shoulder mess, like not for me. No. Yeah, I I don't mean to say that it's it's disappointing or bad. I'm just saying that it, it's. I think a lot of people were imagining this because of David Beckham's partnership with Adidas and and all this stuff that it was going to be this crazy whirly gig of a thing. And it's it, it, it the way MLS is. Their limitation as to as to what Adidas will do. You know, it it, it is a a league wide contract. So no, I think it, I think I've said since the release of the the logo and the color scheme, I think it looks good. I think it's it's a good look. I think it does look Miami. I think that if this club had come out five years ago when it was first announced and all those mo- things had been hit quicker. Do I think that it might have wound up with a potentially a different color scheme that looks a lot like what the Miami Heat have with Miami Vice? I would bet. I would bet that they probably would have gone with that first. Um, but I think the color palette they have is pretty sick, and it's a good look. I, I think that we're going to wind up with two teams down here in South Florida with two of the best jerseys in America um, in terms of style, color scheme, all that stuff. And Miami is you know famous for design, so um, it should be pretty solid. So uh, we're going to close up our Inter-Miami conversation by taking you to our conversation. Um, we had earlier tonight, myself and, uh, and Drew and Lee had a chance to talk to Inter-Miami defender AJ De La Garza. We spent about 20 minutes with him. Um, probably his, 10... His new nickname 10... is Applejack. <laughs> it has nothing so, to do with anything, but go into no, it with that. We're hoping to make it work. Um, yeah, so uh, we we had a, a little bit more than ten minutes to to talk with uh, AJ about Inter Miami and how practice is going, and then we spent a couple minutes, you know, with some off the wall questions about uh, Maryland Crabs and Guam. So we, we that you know how we do it. We like to be a little bit irreverent uh, from time to time. So enjoy our conversation. We'll come back and we'll dive back into conversation uh, about some more soccer and specifically the Miami FC. We do want to say hello and welcome to uh, Inter-Miami's A.J. De La Garza. A.J., how are you doing this evening? Not too bad. How about you guys? Thanks for having me on. Doing well. Doing better that you're on with us tonight. Happy to be talking yeah. to you. Yeah, nice. um, so you're with me, and uh, Drew Hausman is here as well. Uh, and Drew, let's start with you. Uh, hey, A.J., how's it going? Uh, welcome to Miami, I would say. <laughs> yeah, thank you. What's it? Uh, I guess my first question would be uh, kind of what's it like joining uh, the MLS Miami side? I know you've had success with uh, with uh, sorry LA Galaxy in the past and uh, got some supporter shields 
and some MLS cups uh, under your belt. What's it like coming to a, a brand new uh, team or franchise in Miami and help building it up? Yeah, I think that was one of the perks and uh, coming here was just to be a part of something new and really uh, put your, your footprint on something um, that's brand new and, and just getting started and built and, and being a part of, of the early stages and um, growing along the process. So uh, the, my first choices were, were to go to a new franchise and, and obviously Miami was a, a city and a um, that I don't think many people could pass up. So uh, I'm happy to, to be here. Uh, Paul McDonough has mentioned uh, in terms of his vision for constructing the club, the idea of in particular at the back, having experience in terms of kind of leading everything else. The, the, the focus will be on the attack but because of that. He really wants to put a premium on experience at the back. And obviously you bring that in spades. Um, in terms of your on-field role, what, what do you think you most contribute? And what, what do you think you'll be able to kind of, uh, how do you think you'll be able to kind of get into Miami that little extra push as it gets going this season? Yeah, obviously I've, I've, I think I'm the longest tenured player in the league on this team. So, um, you know, just a, a guy who's been around for a while and knows, uh, well, I would say it, that knows how to win in this league. And uh, obviously you guys come from different countries and, uh, different backgrounds and playing styles. Um, you know, sometimes this, this league uh, won't be the prettiest, but it, sometimes it comes down to to digging your foot in the ground and and, and doing some dirty work. So, um, but for myself and you know we got Roman and uh, Ben Sweat and Alvis Powell and a, a bunch of Luis Robles, a bunch of guys that have been in this league for a while now and and and, and have won MLS cups and supporter shields. So. Um, that's the structure to to be a good team. You you have to defend well, and um, our coach mentioned that today that we want to be the best team uh, defensively. So, if we want to win games, we got to start from the back. You mentioned your coach Diego Alonso, obviously the hire coming in, um, and um, him bringing his approach and trying to fold in Paul McDonough's vision and, and the vision of of David Beckham and the ownership as well. It's going to be interesting because, again, as we alluded to, there is this this desire for this attacking play and this really rock-solid stability at the back and trying to kind of sew that all together into almost a kind of new hybrid approach for Alonso. How do you feel that's going so far? Obviously, it's early in the process. You're kind of getting towards the midpoint here between the open of training and the, the real, like, heavy preseason games. How, how would you say it's going along so far? Yeah, I think we've been a hundred times better than uh, even the first couple of days. So obviously it's a, a learning process for everyone, just getting to, to know your teammates and, and how they play and uh, tendencies and all that. But we're all learning a new system and a new coaching staff as well. So um, I really think we're growing uh, every day, uh, just learning new stuff. He, uh, Diego has kind of started off, off slowly and, and doing the basics and um, adding on stuff as we go. So, um, but, but I think it's been really positive and, and guys are really adapting well. <laughs> as you mentioned previously, there's a bunch of uh, veterans alongside or on the team with you. Uh, with an addition to them, there's kind of a lot of new signings from outside the MLS. Uh, how, how would you say training's going so far? What's it like uh, training with people that are, that are new to the league and maybe new to the system? Uh, it's, it's really not too different. I mean, uh, Paul McDonough 
obviously is a, a very smart guy and, and does his job very well. And he brings in very talented players. And um, all the, the new guys have, from the different countries anyways, have, have just seemed to fit right in. Uh, with one another and, and with everyone else in the group so uh, it honestly feels like we've we've been together for a while now and it's only been three weeks so uh, I think the the sky is is the limit for us or um, we'll see how that that translate when we started playing games and uh, getting some some op- actual competition rather than ourselves but uh, I'm excited about this project and, and the guys that we have and uh, you know they're gonna do some more things in the, the near future. Um, but for right now, we are playing with what we have, and, and, and I think we can contend uh, right now. So uh, any more added pieces is just a plus. Um, AJ, a, a good start is really important, though, isn't it? I mean, especially with the franchise being you and, you know, some, the somewhat fickle nature of the Miami sports fan, it's really important you get up and running and winning games straight away, isn't it? Oh, yeah, a thousand percent. You you don't want to be struggling in, into the into the summer months and um, looking for a big name player to to help you win games in. Uh, obviously, we can get that now and uh, get a, a team now that is you know destined to to make a good push uh, into the playoffs and uh, and have a good year. Uh, we want to do that now and and obviously I, I don't know the Miami culture too well, but uh, I know I've heard. Um, that the, they could or could not had support a team that that's losing. So, um, but but that, that's our job is, is to win, and, and that's all we can control. And uh, I think if we do that, we're we're gonna have uh, one of the best atmospheres in this league. So you would say, AJ, that um, really the, the goal is playoffs first season. That's that that will be a successful start to this whole project, won't it? Yeah, I, th- I think. Being the the team that we are, with the owners that we have and the ambitions that we have, um, to get into the playoffs is definitely something we need to do. And and I don't I don't think making the playoffs is would be good enough for this team to be honest. Uh, I think we we have aspirations to to be the best team in the league and and to be on MLS Cup champions. And obviously everyone says that uh, every year, but. Um, like I said, we've only been together three weeks, and, and I've seen some some really good things. So, um, you know, once we get some games in um, games in us and some real competition, we'll be able to, to to really you know tell where we stand. So, so I'd say again, going back to training. Sorry, Matt, I got one more question. Um, just going back to training. So, is it being pretty competitive? Obviously, you've got you know you've got 26 guys in the roster, I think, and uh, you know only 11 people can start the first game. Uh, like you say, you're all feeding each other out. Does it get a bit? Does it get a bit spicy? Does it get a bit tasty in training sometimes? Yeah, I think that happens no matter uh, what team you're playing on, whether you've been together for a while or not. But there, there's always going to be some moments, and, and that's what pushes everyone uh, to be better, to be to, to play quicker, to play faster. Um, you know, maybe some rough tackles here and there. Um, it's all a, a part of the game, and uh, we're all trying to earn a spot right now. So. Uh, we're doing whatever we can, and uh, yeah, sometimes it gets a little testy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lee had mentioned the, the training, obviously, and you guys are in a uh, unique circumstance for, for a variety of reasons. Uh, obviously, it's the first uh, preseason for this club, and the permanent training home is still under work. 
Um, and so you guys have done a little bit of hopping around. Um, started at Barry University here in uh, North Dade, which we're familiar with here at Magic City Soccer. Spent a lot of time there the last few years. Uh, then you went to Port St. Lucie, and you guys had some sweet digs there. Am I am I mistaken? Uh, it was it was cool, <laughs> but you, you kind of get sick of the same place after a week. So uh, it's kind of good to be on the move. Well, that sounds good then, because you, you guys are currently in Bradenton, correct? Yes, yes. We are in uh, Stan, Sarasota, and uh, travel up to, to IMG uh, every day. So Nice. Uh, and you, yeah, the, uh, you, you mentioned the idea of getting out of the field and being competitive. The, uh, you know, the first unofficial official match for this club is Friday. You guys are matching up against Charleston Battery, a, a legendary lower-level side in American soccer. Everyone kind of has to be champing at the bit, right, to, to finally get out there on the field, even though it's a training scrimmage, to get to face new faces, to get to face a different style, and, and just really, instead of channeling all that energy on the practice field, actually getting to channel it against an opponent. Yeah, and you finally will get to um, to see everything that you've put in uh, so far, see how, how it's implemented on a, a team who you know doesn't really know our style yet, so... Uh, you know that'll be good to see and, and obviously just get some minutes under us uh, we haven't even really scrimmaged each other for more than 30 minutes so um, it'll be good to, just to get a run out and and see where everyone stands so uh you you originally had played with uh david beckham with the the galaxy for a couple seasons uh when you, when you got signed uh was do you think he was a part of that or did he personally kind of recommend you or do you think that was a, a coaching and scouting decision yeah to be to be <laughs> fair i have no idea but uh I would, you didn't get the, the personal see, call from him yeah <laughs> no i didn't get that facetime call <laughs> but no it would obviously I'd be honored if he, he did have a recommendation in for me. And um, even if he didn't, I'm here now. So he's stuck with me. <laughs> so, have, uh, AJ, you, you, you were brought into the club um, uh, towards the end of last year. Have you had an opportunity to settle into Miami at all? Or was really coming into training your first time getting settled down here? Yeah, coming in training was my, my first time there. Uh, they gave us a couple of days uh, when we were training at Barry just to go out in the afternoons and look for places. But uh, I found a place, just not settled in. Uh, the family will be coming uh, at the end of the month. So uh, once that happens, it'll, it'll start feeling more real. And uh, once I'm out of the hotel life as well. What's your top target for like, okay, once I get a couple of days off or once I get a few hours off, what what in Miami are you looking forward to checking out? Oh man, probably Wynwood. I heard a, a lot of good things about Wynwood and uh, just the art. My wife and I we love you know going out there, taking uh, pictures in front of uh, walls like w with our kids and stuff. So um, I'm excited for that. And uh, I have a, a pool at my house, so I'm I'm just looking forward to doing that every day too. So lucky man, that uh, sounds my, nice. Yeah, my daughters will love it and my wife will love it. So. Um, the food, the food as well. I've already been to quite a few places, and um, I already have a couple of day nights set up for my wife and I. So uh, it's already been an amazing uh, experience, and I was only there for well, maybe a week and a half before we left. So I, I, I lived that pool and Windward life myself, and uh, it's amazing how easy you slide into that. And it's uh, yeah, it can take a little bit of a hold on you. Um, just one more like question for me, and then I'll turn it over to the other guys for the rest of the interview. 
you know, I, I have touched upon, you know, it's, it, it, you've got people, you've got to battle on the field, say, and battle off the field. You know, you, you've got to get people to come to the games and stay coming to the games and everything. What would you say, AJ, to someone who might be on the fence? Like, you know, I like watching soccer on TV. Like, what's my motivation for going to the stadium and watching it live? How, what would you say to them to, to get them to come on down? Uh, well, you, you know, you have uh, owners who are ambitious and uh, are going to bring the talent out here, are going to, and you've already seen the things that they've done. I don't think another MLS team has ever uh, made a temporary soccer-specific stadium. Um for, for two years so uh, they're spending money and they want to get off on the right foot and uh, they have the owners behind us and just being at the training facility is, is literally going to be one of the I would say top three in the world so um, they're giving us every resource that we can to, to be successful in the field and uh, then it's, it's our job uh, to get fans uh, to the stadium and want to keep coming back so you know that means playing entertaining football and um, an attractive style and um, and winning uh, at the end of the day. So if fans come and, and they, they experience a win, it, it makes them want to come back for more. And and that's what we have to do from the beginning. Okay, Drew, I'm going to jump in with one more question and then I'll, I'll clear out for you because I, I know you have one or two questions remaining. But Okay, obviously, is it a Maryland-based question? Uh, you, you stole my thunder. Uh, I, I'm, I'm a Miamian. I've lived here since 2005, but I grew up outside of Baltimore. And so I am obviously very affectionate towards my home state. Um, do you ever get back there often? Yeah, I go back there, um, maybe once or twice a year, uh, at least for, uh, Christmas and, and New Year's when sometimes I make it to Thanksgiving, but that's not a good sign because that would mean I didn't make the... MLS playoffs. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's a fair I, point. You kind of want your holiday yeah. uh, plans upended yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Thankfully, I haven't been back much for Thanksgiving. I think only once or twice in my career. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but that's that's usually the only time I really have is uh, to get back there. I have to know because I always ask whenever I meet a fellow Marylander outside of Maryland, yeah. do you have a seafood recommendation in the state, a place that you got to go to for crabs or seafood or anything else? In Maryland? Yes. Well, that was my first ever job. I worked at a crab shack uh, when I was in high school. Uh, it was it's in Bryant Road, and um, it's literally the only little crab shack out there. But uh, I remember working there every day after school, and uh, right after work, going to my wife's now. She was my wife now, but she was my girlfriend back then. And going straight to her house, smelling absolutely terrible. <laughs> uh, it was a good experience, though. It is like sometimes people have preconceptions about states like, oh, are you from Philly? You must cook cheesesteaks, whatever. Every child in Maryland has worked in a crab house at some point. I did as well. Like it's it, it's really on brand. So I, I, yeah. I had to ask that out. Next time in Brian, I'm in Brian's Road, I'll have to uh, check it out. Drew, I'll turn it over to you. And, and uh, AJ, again, thank you very much for your time tonight. Yeah, no problem. All right, I'll just fire one more away. Uh, Magic City Soccer, we cover everything in Miami, but we also do love some obscure soccer. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about playing with the, the Guam national team? I saw you had a couple caps with them and thought that was a pretty interesting process. Like, what, what was that like switching over, I guess, from the U.S. men's national team and, and playing for Guam? Yeah, so for me, obviously, that was a, a very big decision in my 
uh, career, but uh, I had been to four January camps, uh, what they call Camp Cupcake, I guess, still. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, I felt I was far down the pecking order, and and I wanted to make – make a mark on international soccer somehow so uh, that was my other opportunity was to go play for Guam so uh, you know the, the Guam coach back then Gary White was calling me daily uh, to try to jump ship uh, so I finally did it um, I actually just told the coach recently that uh, my time with the national team was done it, it's it was just a, a lot of travel I mean I would travel I think if you travel around the world, it's 24,000 miles. I would travel 24,000 miles in 10 days and uh, have to play two games and come back and, and try to be ready for a game in MLS. It was uh, very taxing. And at this this age and stage of my career, I just want to focus on uh, Inter-Miami. But, um, you know, I have some of the, the greatest stories and memories ever playing uh, in Asia and um, getting to experience the, the countries that I've been able to go to. That's awesome. Uh, and... I'll, I'll, I'll throw one more out. Uh, when can we expect your boy uh, Omar Gonzalez to show up to uh, Miami? <laughs> yeah, we, I talk to this man every day. So, uh, you know, obviously that would be uh, a dream if we could play together again. And uh, obviously we, we had, what, I think 10 years together. So, uh, you know, that would be awesome to, to play with him one more year. But I'm not sure that will ever happen. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, AJ. Uh, Lee, do you have anything else? Yeah, AJ. I, you know, I really want to take uh, take some time to thank you for coming on the show. Um, you know, obviously, like we met first on Twitter, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm a one club man, but I do wish you guys all the best up there. You know, I think more soccer is good soccer. Uh, I have my team, and people are starting to get into this new team, um, and the more people out there watching soccer, getting involved, is uh, is good for the game. So. Uh, have a great season, and and um, and I'm looking forward to that Open Cup game. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and let's keep the uh, Twitter bans going. I think that's the best part. Is uh, you yeah, know, it's, you it's it. all Gotta fun and games. It. Yeah, absolutely. AJ, thank you again so much. We really do appreciate it. All right, you guys have a good night. Again, we do want to say uh, another word of thanks to AJ De La Garza for uh, taking the time with us uh, this evening to to talk about things. You know, we. We rarely get that kind of perspective in that kind of longer form. You know, you get questions maybe at a media availability or a Q&A with the club, but just getting a chance to kind of sit down and, and throw questions at a player like that about their experience, uh, you know, getting settled in, that's a real treat and, and a pleasure of the job. So uh, thanks again to him. We hope to be able to speak to and, and bring you a number of different conversations this season with players uh, from across the soccer spectrum. So, Pibby- yeah, he was a good, good, good lad, wasn't he? I mean, I, I think what I said before about um, you know needing to buy into the project, you can see that he has done. So, you know, good on him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and that's going to be fun to see that back line that you know uh, that how they kind of develop. That's going to be key to everything because you can attack all you want, but if you score four and give up five, it's not going to be much fun. So there's there's obviously got to be a little bit of a of defense as well, and they're, they're going to be critical to making that happen. So uh, the the big news, uh, not for Inter Miami yet because of the way the tournament is structured, but for the Miami FC and and a few other clubs down here is the reveal of the U.S. Open Cup scheduling for 2020. It's nearly Ooh. here. Uh, the first uh, local match will take place between Miami United FC U23 and Naples United. And the winner of that match will take on the Miami FC in the second round of the tournament. Now, if 
if Naples United win, the Miami FC hosts at Ricardo Silva Stadium in the second round. If Miami United win, Miami United will host the Miami FC and we get another Magic City's Classico. So really, it's a win-win. We are getting Open Cup soccer in South Florida in the second round. That's good news for everybody. Um, gentlemen, what do you want? Do you want an Open Cup match back at the Rick or do you want a Magic City Classico at Melander? It feels like we have unfinished business at Mylander Park and I would want to knock off both Miami teams in one competition in one year. Ooh. So I will be <laughs> I I will calling be you cheering. out in her calling you out. <laughs> I will I will be hoping and praying that Miami uh, United can do the business against Naples. Um sucks that it won't be at Ricardo Silva Stadium. But yeah, come on. How can you how can you not want Miami United versus uh, Miami FC, and then the winner playing into Miami. Uh, it, it, the stories write themselves. I will say I am such a lover of <laughs> obscure MPSL teams. I kind of want Naples to win because I felt like they had such a great season last year. Like they came out of nowhere. They had a fire players. They came into the playoffs uh, feisty. They're a pretty feisty team all around. A lot of uh, red cards and yellow cards going through those games. But uh, I kind of want to see them. I don't know. Sorry, Roberto Saka and anybody who's listening that's involved with Miami United. But I would like to play Naples just because I feel like it would be an interesting matchup. I feel like based off their merits last year in the NPSL, I kind of want to see them go forward. And uh, for the fourth time, I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I do have to say, I think especially after the effort that Naples has shown, really the last two seasons in NPSL, there is a uh, a real respect for uh, what the club has been able to do in the Sunshine Conference. So there, there's definitely no uh, no uh, distaste for Naples. I think for many of us, but yeah, I mean, it it would be pretty great to get that match again at Ted Hendricks Day. There's something about Melander Park I love. I love. Seeing a game there, it's it's good to see that Miami United is back at that venue after the interruption of last year uh, for the Open Cup. So that should be a good time. One, oh one God, year. yeah, I don't want to go back to the North Miami Athletic Stadium ever. <laughs> I don't Actually, have I want to go back there for the Haiti Cup, but I want to go back there as least as possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, that that's definitely going to be quite interesting. Again, if you know anything about us, you know we have a real love for the magic of the cup, and so the fact that that'll be starting March twenty fifth. At 7 p.m., Ted Hendricks Stadium, Miami United FCU 23 versus Naples United. And then that second round game uh, will be later in April, um, featuring the Miami FC against either Naples United or uh, Miami United. And likely that game will be for a matchup against an MLS side, and that MLS side will almost assuredly be Inter-Miami. So really, that's the game that everyone is licking their chops for because playing Orlando is one thing, but having uh, a real derby in a cup competition, that would be dynamite. Um, So, yeah, pencil in, keep your April open because you're going to want to be able to make that one um, and check that out. Um, In terms of the Miami FC, really coming together, uh, you know, ever since the, uh, the bomb dropping, that was the joining of the USL. The things have really come together, I would say, pretty swimmingly for the club. A number of player acquisitions, players brought in. Obviously, a number of players retained uh, from last year, but players brought in. 
um, Brian Silvestre, who's a familiar name down here, uh, Janos Loeb, um, and uh, two players kind of getting in here uh, at the buzzer uh, to get ready for training and all that jazz. Most recently, Hassan Ndam uh, on loan from FC Cincinnati. Uh, Again, Lee, we know you have the Miami FC colored glasses uh, in terms (laughs) of, of, of really favoring the club and seeing how it develops. How do you see these player acquisitions getting Miami to that level where they can compete for USL playoff and USL title. We did also mince uh, uh, Vincent Bezacourt. Ah, yes, um, as you're a right. new signing. I mean, yes. and Vincenzo Bezacourt. <laughs> I, I am not going to do that, actually. Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> but but I, I believe my sources tell me, my spidey senses are tingling, that there may be one more piece of business to come. But I think the squad's looking pretty good. Um, I think we've retained, um, you know, all the people in the right places um, from the from the you know the, the 2019 season. Um, the, the goalkeeping, like you know, I think Mark Pace is the number one and will still be the number one. But he's going to be pushed by those two keepers, uh, you know, Brian the keeper and um, Sylvester. Um, yeah, I think I think the defenders needed to come in just because the defensive core was a little bit light in numbers. Um, it'll be interesting to see who does end up like starting, but I think um, bringing in Lawrence is uh, is a really good move. Um, Lawrence Lawrence is his name, right? I'm sorry, Lawrence Odom. It's Lawrence Odom, right? Yes, L- yes. Lawrence Odom. I Lawrence Odom. Yes, the surname I always get wrong. I think that's that's a really good pickup. Um, you know, and then um, Hassan and Dam from um, FC Cincinnati uh, looks like a great player as well. So I think that, yeah, the, the strengthening has been in all the right areas. You know, the news that uh, Lance Roseboom is coming back as captain as well. Uh, you, know, you know, it's it's come together nicely. How it will stack up against, you know, the rest of the USL, I think it's obviously it's going to be a lot closer to what we've been used to. I think in the NASL, you know, we had we had maybe a bit more spending power. I think maybe there was a bit of a point to prove, but I think now it's about getting the right guys in for the project. You know, similar to the team up the road, and I think they've done a good job of that. But I think it's going to be, you know, some of these games are going to be close affairs. And uh, again, Coach Nelson Vargas, local boy, um, you know, he he's got to take over from Paul Dalglish and keep this team moving forward. But I think they've made the right moves. I think it's I think it's been smart business overall, um, and I'm just um, I can't wait to see him play. I can't wait to see some of these new players play. Yeah, I feel like Nelson kind of got the short end of the stick where he's now playing in USL, so he's going to be uh, a little bit scrutinized more than Paul. But uh, I'm trying to word this nicely, uh, yeah, Miami is going to lose. Some yeah, I, games I know what year. you mean. <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna lose some games this year. What? But we're back in Division Two, which is amazing. Games, uh? Games, uh? Yeah. What does that mean, Drew? Games plural? I don't, I don't. Yeah, I think the days of the ten uh, nothing against the uh, Broward Storm are over. But uh, it's great to see, and we retained a decent amount of players for Miami FC that I didn't think they would retain. Uh, I feel like the Cuban players jumped ship a little bit, but also we didn't know that was going to happen. Like, Ariel Martinez and Dario went to uh, Tulsa because, you know, that was prior to Miami buying the rights to uh, fucking uh, Ottawa. 
And out of a fury. Yeah, I was trying to think. <laughs> so many USL teams folding. <laughs> no, but it's it's going to be a great season, I think. And the season opener, ugh, it's going to be good. I, I kind of, I'm almost disappointed that we open up the season on the road, really. We go to St. Louis. And, um, you know, I, I wish the home opener, the first game would have been the home opener against the Rowdies. But you can't have everything, can you? Yeah, no, I, I think that, uh, again, we alluded to this on the last podcast, but that idea of that football fiesta, um, uh, that that was really appealing. And, and getting Rowdies in for the second game, it does, I feel like it, it lets you maybe build up a, a little bit more excitement. You know, it, it, it's always nice... Pardon me. It's always nice to open up your account at home and get things rolling. But yeah, I, I think it's it's really a win win situation if you're able to guarantee that that uh, that that Tampa game being your home opener. That should be a really fun time. It's going to be a great week, and we're already kind of uh, uh, strategizing as to um, how how we're going to be trying to cover all of that. We're going to be very busy. Uh, huh. Get your cafecito ready because we're going to need the uh, extra boost of energy. But it's going to be so much fun. Great weekend for for soccer and for sport here in South Florida. You know, coming off the uh, the Super Bowl, uh, we were the center of the the American sports world for a weekend. And in terms of the soccer world, we're going to have our eyes on us again in just Come a on, little we're bit still over center, a month. We're still center of the sports weekend. Uh, <laughs> I said that very terribly, but the UPSL finals, man, can't get your yeah seven thousand dollar ticket. You can get your fucking free <laughs> ticket. <laughs> yeah no kidding yeah it's it, one, one week into the next championship to championship in terms of value it's really no match upsl is, is is a much better value than going to that game sitting through two hours of security and whatever else so yeah for sure um what? i saw the uber prices on the way home from um, the hard Oof. rock stadium as well it was Rough. like 300 dollars for an uber from the hard rock back down to brickle like you could you, you could live like a king like that this weekend and go and watch three great games of soccer you know yeah, yeah you can rent a car for a whole week and uh <laughs> and drive to ups you can rent a ferrari <laughs> so, yeah but so, just before we wrap up as well just just to go back to miami fc uh, real quick um you know i think i think that they're, they're taking the right approach you know this time round with the usl is when you're starting up a new a club you know you, you, your aims and your objectives are different and you know from what i've seen they're placing a priority and on bringing the, the team back to Ricardo Silver Stadium, which I think is a popular move, and um, and I think that the the coach is good, the squad is good, and um, I think probably Paul Dalglish in his new role probably has does have the more difficult job than uh, than Nelson Vargas, because uh, you know he's he's got to start taking this club through to the next level. But um, I think that's a great challenge. You know, it's you know you've got big boys at the road now as well. But, you know, who's to say these things can't have like a sort of symbiotic relationship where, you know, there's, there's benefits in it for both of them. But uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be really interesting to how it's a bit of a rebirth, isn't it, boys? Like how it goes. But I think they've done everything right. They've got all the right people in the right areas to, to, to you know, to kick this on. And, and like we're in the USL. Let's just win the thing. You know, and I tell you what, Lee, in terms of doing things the right way, something that we have really uh, banged on about the last few years is Miami FC and its preseason schedule. 
and how oftentimes they they have difficulty scheduling preseason competitions that are going to really sharpen them for the season. And that is not the case this year. Uh, Three matches this month. uh, First match against Minnesota United FC uh, at Eastern Florida State College in Brevard County up the road. Uh, a second match February 13th against New York City FC at Florida Atlantic University, I'm presuming at their soccer stadium. Uh, no time set for that kickoff, but uh, something that you're going to want to maybe keep your eyes open for. Uh, the team did, the club did confirm that the February 22nd match against Orlando City B at FIU uh, is a closed-door match, kickoff 1 p.m., uh, you would have loved to see that be open door and let people in and, and get a chance to see the club. But, of course, getting ready for the season, they're going to keep some stuff uh, under wraps. But uh, that that's a really solid preseason schedule. Obviously, no international club friendlies like that on the schedule, but really getting ready for the type of competition you're going to see. Yeah, and I think when you, you said things you love to see. Again, just you know the, the community focus that Miami FC is taking. One of my favorite follows on Instagram now is the Miami FC under-10s team. If you yeah. search for, for Miami FC under tens, and basically one of the one of the parents or the coaches is uh, sort of videoing the games and then cutting out all these goals, and I don't think there's anything you know that you know would warm even the coldest of heart, <coughs> coldest of hearts, is when you see these young kids out there kicking the ball around, scoring goals, and then doing their Ronaldo celebration afterwards in a in a Miami FC kit. So uh, you know, future's looking pretty bright around here overall, isn't it? You've heard uh, Paul Dalglish mention it before, but the idea that the academy is the club and the club is the academy, the idea that all these things are stitched together, and that that is part of, you know, as he's transitioning into this role as general manager, this bigger picture look at the club, not just the first team, which is very often where, uh, you know, and particularly in American sports, that's the focus. But in, in the rest of the soccer world, we know that this is not the case. You must have a vibrant academy to be a vibrant club unless you intend to wildly overspend compared to your competition. And in the United States, in our soccer structure, you can't do that. There are limitations on that. So you've got to figure out ways to squeeze value, and really that is the best way to do it. Um, and, and so seeing the development of that academy, giving them a chance to be able to, to compete from, from young ages within the structure of the club under the guidance of... Dalglish and the rest of the coaches that they have lined up. They're a solid program. It's it's cool, man. It's really cool yeah, to see. Yeah, there's, there's what? There's, there's six million of us here in the Miami metropolitan area. You know, there's a club out there for everyone, isn't there? Every, every budget, every light approach to the game. And, you know, that is the good thing about the MLS coming is that all those people who maybe didn't have the motivation to get out to a game will now. Like, like I said, six million people. We could have three, four, five clubs down here. So just listen to me. Get out there. Support a club. Adopt a club. Do it the right way. Do it proper. Invest in the club, and then they will pay you back in spades. I guarantee it. Yeah, it'll be it, – it, get ready. Get ready because it's going to be a fun ride these next few years. It's going to be really, really cool. Um, before we wrap up, I do want to put a, a question out to – a. Uh, the 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 discussion here fellas uh i put out on twitter earlier today well earlier this evening i guess i should say that we were recording and um we we did get um a question in from isaiah m at real mccoy fc uh regular fan of ours always eager to engage and 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 uh, add comments and all that stuff so thank you for listening and reading isaiah uh what do you think inter miami's formation will be who could we compare them to in mls in terms of style of play Thanks. I appreciate the uh, the uh, 
the, the manners. Uh, you are welcome. Thank you for following along. Uh, Lee, you, you had, had a chance to check out Diego Alonso a little bit in terms of his style of play. In terms of comparing them to MLS sides, I think that's going to be a little bit difficult to do just because we do anticipate that maybe this roster is not completely settled yet. Uh, but in terms of how Alonso likes to play, I can share that when I was out at practice and got a chance to speak to Paul McDonough, that they they put a premium on attack. And in Alonso's last stop in Monterey, it was much more of a defensive effort. Uh, he specifically cited his work at Pachuca in Liga MX um, in terms of Pachuca being a more attacking side. Um, so I think if you're looking for an influence of what Inter Miami might look like, go back and, and check out YouTube clips of Diego Alonso's time at Pachuca and see how that team lines up. And again, obviously, you're kind of plugging and playing a little bit. You had a chance to look a little bit more, Lee, at his formations. And what did you see? Yeah, if, if it did look like he was a little bit more attack-minded at Pachuca. And I don't think in terms of the shape of the team, I don't think you're going to get too many surprises. I think it's going to be... This thing is going to be the, the four at the back, you know, two central defenders, two full backs. You'll have your holding midfielder. Maybe that will be Will Trap, And then, you know, two central midfielders roaming about, doing a little bit here and there. A couple of guys down the wings and a centre forward. So if you've been watching soccer over the last three or four years, I think it's going to be a, uh, a system that is probably going to be quite familiar to you. But that sort of, that system can change quite easily from like a, a 4-3-3 defensive or a 4-5-1 into an attacking 4-3-3. So I think looking at the, the, the squad he's got, he's going he's gonna to go quite fluid, I think. He's giving himself the options to change things on the fly during the game. In terms of what team they might be like, I couldn't say with any certainty because I don't really watch the MLS. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think... I mean Atlanta. No, I, I'd be. I, I couldn't say about who they might look like in the MLS, but I think if I could put it in sort of Premier League speak, you know, I think he's going to be looking to play. It would be like watching like a mid-table Premier League team in MLS terms. You know, I think they'll be around that kind of uh, dare I say New York Red Bullsy kind of level. You know, yeah, middle middle of the conference, pushing for the playoffs. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've seen Red Bulls here and there. Yeah, you, that, that might be the sort of rise you're in for. All right, duly noted. Uh, so, again, big things to keep an eye out for this week. Uh, Inter-Miami Jersey released tomorrow at 8.30 p.m. That event's in New York, but I'm sure you'll be able to catch it streaming on Twitter, Facebook, Assorted Social Media, etc., and uh, MLSsoccer.com. Uh, later this week, the UPSL... Uh, national finals the semifinals and the final uh uh taking place at barry university again you are most definitely going to want to check that out um championship soccer for free uh, you know or you know for for a very reasonable uh price you know in terms of getting to barry um and on february 8th on saturday you have uh miami fc at minnesota united at eastern florida uh, State College in Brevard. So again, the the machine is getting cranked up. The wheels are turning. Uh, movement is happening. So again, make sure you are ready, because it's always soccer season down here. So, uh, mm. gentlemen, any any final thoughts, closing thoughts before we wrap up for the evening? Just come down to Barry, hang out, watch some soccer with me this weekend, and have a beer. You won't be disappointed. 
I will say this. Yeah. Same. I think that's a winning strategy. <laughs> I think that is definitely a winning strategy. Uh, have a good time uh, with friends and football. Uh, can't really beat it. So, uh, speaking of friends and football, uh, Drew, always good to talk to you, sir. Boo, 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 boo. Yeah, so good. <laughs> Lo- love <laughs> the horns. Love the horns. Uh, and Lee, again, of course, as always, thank you very much for joining us tonight. Pleasure as always. Looking forward to getting February out of the way and getting stuck into some proper competitive soccer. Yes. So uh, for Drew and for Lee, I'm Matthew Bunch. Uh, to check us out, please visit magiccity.soccer at magiccitysoccer on Twitter, uh, facebook.com. Uh, you can check us out, Magic City Soccer and Magic City Sock, S-O-C, on Instagram. Uh you can find us lots of different places. We're not that hard to find. Uh, on on Twitter, um, I'm at Matthew S. Bunch. Uh, Drew is It's Houseman, LOL. And Lee underscore Efense. I have that correct, Lee? Yes, you do. Excellent. So check us out. Hit us up. Hit us up with questions. We'll do our best to answer them or at least engage in conversation because um, we love talking about this sport. Uh, all right. Enough of me blabbing. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, check us out next time. And until next time... Go Inter-Miami, go Miami FC, and go Miami Soccer, and go UPSL Finals.